Good evening. Merry Christmas, Keystone. Uh, we have been counting down the days to Christmas in our house uh, with every day. My son informing me exactly how many days are left to go till Christmas. Uh, and based on his math and calculations, I can reliably report we are one day away from Christmas, uh, which is very exciting. And it's exciting to me that we get to gather so close to Christmas to be able to celebrate the history-shaping, life-altering, incredible news that God has really come to us to rescue us and dwell with us. Uh, I'm excited that we have the kids joining in with us tonight as well. So if your age is like 12 and under, welcome. We're glad you're here. Uh, And I've got some questions to start out uh, for you, but really for anyone. Anyone can answer them. Uh, There are, I think, lots of good things that we get to do at Christmas But I want to know in certain areas, what is the best thing? So I'm going to give you like a category, and I want you to tell me what is the best thing in that category. I think it'll make sense. Uh, It's completely subjective. There are no wrong answers. But if you guess what my answer would be, uh, you can have one of my favorite candies after the service, uh, gummy bears. So I'm not going to throw them out because I'm worried I would hit someone since it's full. But you can come up to me at the end of the service, and I'll give you one. So here's the the first question. Uh, What is the best kind of Christmas cookie? You can just raise your hand and tell me. What's your best kind of Christmas cookie? Yeah, straight down here. Sugar cookies. All right, that's a good one. Green shirt. Chocolate chip. That's another good one. We'll go right Monster cookie, another good one. Uh, let's go over there. Yeah, Jack. Chocolate chip. All right, those are all good answers. Uh, the correct answer is gingerbread cookies. Gingerbread cookies was what we were actually looking for. All right, okay, I'll give you another question. Uh, what is the best Christmas song? What's the best Christmas song? Jingle bells, that's a good one. Yep, all right, let's go. Uh, yeah, white. Joy to the world is correct. That's what I would say. Uh, You can come up uh, at the end and I'll give it to you. Actually, all right, you come up at the end and I'll give it to you. We'll make it easy. Uh, The next question is, I've got to consult my notes. Uh, What is the best Christmas movie? What's the best Christmas movie? Uh, We're going to go far towards the back, uh, black coat. Elf is the correct answer as well. Yes, Elf is the correct answer. Uh, I maybe would have taken Home Alone, but Elf would be correct. Uh, All right. uh, You're not going to probably guess this one, uh, but we'll do one more yet. Uh, If you can guess it, uh, for what I would say, I'd be really impressed. But what's the best Christmas gift you've ever been given? It's the best Christmas gift. Let's go uh, with the black vest on, or black coat on. Jesus? All right, that's a good answer. I feel like I can't say no to that. Uh, I don't know how to respond to that. That is correct, but let's try another one. Yeah, blue. Legos is a good one. Yep. Dollhouse is a good one. Yeah. Fishing rod, that's a good one. Yep. Uh, My answer would be, I gave this answer last year, so I would have been impressed if you remembered, but my answer would be PlayStation uh, 1 with Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 was my best gift. Uh, except for Jesus. We'll still have that one up there, I guess, I guess. 
Uh, if you were to ask people, what is the best part of Christmas, you would get all sorts of different answers, right? You get all sorts of different answers from people. Uh, it, it would range maybe from time to family, to uh, eating good food, to presents, to time off school, just all across the board. Because there are lots of really good things that we get to enjoy and celebrate at Christmas. But, but when we come to the Bible with that question, if we would come to the Bible and say, hey, what, what is the best part of Christmas? I think the Bible gives us a pretty clear answer. Uh, and I think, though it may be obvious to us, the more that we start to understand it and meditate on it, the more we start to really, truly believe this is the best part of Christmas. And so if we were to ask the Bible, hey, what's the best part of Christmas? I, I think the main answer would be this, that God is with us. God is with us. That Jesus' arrival at Christmas means that God is with us. This is the wonder that Matthew tries to capture in his account of Jesus' arrival. In Matthew 1, 18 through 25, which if you have Bibles, you can open them up there. Uh, it's going to be up on the screen as well. But this is what Matthew really, I think, tries to capture, the wonder of this, that God is with us, not just on Christmas Day, but always because of Jesus. And so we're going to read this passage uh, and then really just ask and hopefully answer three questions. First of all, what has God done to be with us? Second of all, what, what should our response be? And then third, what does it mean for us today? What has God done to be with us? What should our response be? And what does it mean for us today? And so let's read in Matthew 1, starting in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. What has God done to be with us? I think we get two clear answers in this passage, maybe more, but, but two clear answers. And the first is this, that God has become one of us. God has become one of us. Matthew is very concerned to have us see this truth, that the baby who's born on Christmas morning is God himself. And so he's going to say twice in these verses, this child has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. And then he's going to tell us this child's going to rescue people from their sins. And then he's going to tell us this child is God with us. M Matthew's trying to put a big, blinking, red, flashing light in front of our eyes as we read that says, this baby is God. This baby is God. This baby is God. This baby is God. And, and it's so easy to lose the wonder of this. 
but that's exactly what it's meant to do within us, to cause us to wonder and worship. I think we, we tend to want precise explanations. And so we ask, well, how exactly did the Holy Spirit conceive this child within Mary? How, how exactly could the one who created humanity become a human? How, how exactly can this baby be fully God and fully man? And, and yet there's this mystery to Christ, Christmas that's simply made, made to make us stop and stare and wonder as we think about it. That, that the one who laid the foundation of the earth lay in a manger. That, that the one who determined the measurements of the universe was measured in pounds and ounces and inches. That the one who gives birth to the rain and snow and the oceans was born of a woman. That the one who hung the stars in the sky and calls them out by name lay under the stars as a helpless child. That the one who calls forth the sun and the moon day by day by day cried to his mom to feed him. Like Christmas should cause us to just stop and wonder that this infinite, perfect, incredible God comes as a baby. But it's not just a source of incredible wonder. It's also a source of incredible comfort. There's a, a TV show that I think is still on, but it's maybe not as popular as what it once was, that's called Undercover Boss. And in the TV show Undercover Boss, you have this CEO or owner of a company who disguises themselves and for a time becomes an average worker in their company. The idea is they give up their place of prestige and honor and, and even power to become just one of the average people to get to know them, to get to know what life is like in their shoes. Matthew is telling us in these verses, Christmas is the ultimate undercover boss. Because he's saying that the God who rules sovereign over all things, who's created it all, became one of us. He knows what it's like to get frustrated. He knows what it's like to get excited. He knows what it's like to get disappointed. He knows what it's like to get surprised. He knows what it's like to laugh. He knows what it's like to cry. Like he gets us from the inside out. Christmas tells us God knows what it's like to be human. That there's absolutely nothing we face that he hasn't faced and understands himself. And so he's able to provide us with comfort and help and support no matter what we may go through. He entered the messiness and brokenness of this world to live as one of us and ultimately to tear down the barrier between us and God. That, that's the second thing. What has God done to become one of us or to be with us? He became one of us and he tore down the barrier between us. In Matthew's story, we, we find why the son of God was named Jesus when he was born. Have you ever stopped and, and thought about that? Of what? Why do we call him Jesus? Why, why do we call him Jesus? Why, why not John or, or Jackson or Joe or Jesse or Steve or like what? Why Jesus? We find out Jesus means God saves. And, and so the angel tells Matthew, you shall call his, or tells Joseph, you shall call his name Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus' name reveals his very purpose for entering this world. 
He didn't just come to get to know us. He didn't just come to be this good example for us to follow. He didn't just come into the mess so he might understand us. He didn't just come so we'd have an excuse to put on lights and Christmas trees and open up presents. He came to save us from our sins. Now, why is that so significant? Because it means that Jesus has removed the one and only barrier that stands between us and God, our sin. Our our sin is like a wall that keeps us from God and him from us, that keeps him away, that rather than being God with us, he's God apart from us or actually God, God against us. But Jesus shows up to demolish, tear down, and forever remove the wall that separates us from God so that we might know God is now with us no matter what we walk through or where we're at. Several years ago, uh, we removed a wall from our first floor in our home. And prior to removing our wall, this wall essentially separated our first floor into two different rooms where we had kind of our uh, dining room and kitchen and living room all together. And then there was this separate room up front. Uh, In fact, I have a picture of it that you can see. You can see the wall standing there. And, And so if you were on that first floor, if you were in that front room, you were separated from whoever else was on that first floor by virtue of that wall, right? You might be able to yell out and they could hear you, but they don't see you. You're not really, you don't really feel like you're together. And, and then we remove that wall. And then here's the, the second picture of it being removed. Where all of a sudden, no matter where you are on that first floor, you, you are now together with one another by virtue of that wall being taken out. Christmas tells us Jesus came to remove the one and only wall that separates us from God, our sin. That's why he came to live That's why he came to die. That's why he came to be raised again. And that through him, when we trust in him, when we confess our sins and trust in him, that wall is removed. And so no matter what we walk through, God is with us, which is really good news because we're prone to be people who think that we put up barriers that separate God from us or that cause him to keep his distance from us. And yet Christmas tells us the only barrier between us and God has been torn down forever in Christ. That when we trust him, it's gone. And so God is forever the God who is with us in Christ. Now, now we, we have to then ask, okay, wh- what should our response be? What should our response be to God coming to be with us, coming to tear down the wall between us? That we should believe God's word and live like it's true. Think with me for a moment about Joseph in this Christmas story. We often gloss over Joseph, uh, and I think rightfully so because we want to focus on Jesus. But when we think about Joseph and his story, we find his response is also meant to be our response at Christmas. Joseph's planning to divorce Mary. He's betrothed to her, which is kind of this in-between, between our engagement and marriage Uh, And all of a sudden, he finds out uh, Mary's pregnant. Uh, Baby is not mine. We've got an issue. I I need to take care of this. I'm going to divorce her quietly. Right? He's thought it through. He's probably stayed up late nights thinking, what do I do about this? He's come to a decision. And then an angel shows up in his dream and says, whoa, whoa, Joseph. Uh, 
that baby, Mary has not been unfaithful to you. That baby is conceived by the Holy Spirit. Uh, That baby is going to rescue people from their sins. And that baby is going to be God with us. And then here's the really crazy part when you think about it. Joseph believes that and he lives like it's actually true. I mean, just just think for a moment. Think about a, um, a conversation Joseph might have with his best friend after this, right? Like Joseph's friend says, well, Joseph, you, you really still going to marry her? Uh, she's pregnant, right? And that child's not yours. And, and Joseph said, well, yeah, I, I know, I know. Uh, but the child's been conceived by the Holy Spirit. Okay? Uh, how, how do you know that, Joseph? Well, an angel showed up in one of my dreams uh, and told me. Oh, okay, Joseph. Yeah, like, yeah, that's the response he's getting. He, the, the response is, you're crazy. Are you serious? You're really going to believe and live like that's actually true? And yet Joseph is this model in many ways of faith, taking God at his word, trusting his word, and living like it's true. And this is the same response we're called to have at Christmas, to believe that in Christ, God really does forgive us our sins, and that through Christ, God really is with us right now and every single moment of our lives. But, but our faith is not without grounding. Though we may believe in things we can't see, it's not without grounding because it ends up that Christmas also gives us great reason or cause to believe that what God says is true. Matthew goes to great lengths to try to show Jesus is the one who was promised throughout all the Bible. That's why he says in this first chapter, Jesus came as the fulfillment of what the prophet Isaiah, who lived 700 years before, said when he said, a virgin will conceive and have a baby and you shall call his name Emmanuel. And then if you read on in chapter 2, four times Matthew says something like this, This is how Jesus fulfilled scripture, or this was to fulfill scripture. Why is Matthew at such pains to over and over again point out Jesus has fulfilled the scriptures, the Old Testament? In part, because he wants to confirm Jesus' identity as the one true savior who God has promised. But along with that, I think he wants to show us you can trust God's word because his word proves true. And Christmas is one of the greatest examples of how God's word has proved true. He made promises and he kept those promises. And so we can believe his word today, even though we may not be able to see God with us or see him forgiving our sins. We can trust him and take him at his word, knowing he keeps his word. Uh, you, You might think of it in this way. What is this? Maybe a kid can answer that question for me. What is this? Yeah, you can yell it out. A present. That's what everyone instinctively thinks, right? It's really just a wrapped box, right? Why do we instinctively think when we see these, whether I'm holding it or whether you've got them at your home under a tree, that there are presents and gifts inside of them, right? There could be nothing inside of it. There could be rocks inside of it. There could be stale food inside of it, for all you know. But we instinctively believe there's a present in there, 
and we live like it's true, maybe staying up too late tonight or waking up too early tomorrow morning. Why? Why do we believe that? Because in the past, over and over and over again, we've seen when we open up one of these, there is a present inside. And so we've come to believe there will be a present inside this because we've seen how that's proved true in the past. Christmas calls us to believe and live like God's word really is true, pointing out it's proved true in the past, showing us that Christmas is the greatest way God made promises and kept promises. And so we can trust his promises today that he forgives our sin and that he's with us, which leads to the the final question. What does that mean for us today? What does God with us mean for us today? I want to point out just three things I think it means for us. First, God with us gives us an unmistakable challenge because it means life is no longer simply about me and you. It's about God. If God is with us, it means we must reorder and recenter our lives around him. Right? I mean, think about when when God comes to Joseph in this dream. He's essentially saying to Joseph, hey, Joseph, all those visions and dreams and hopes you had for your life, You need to give them up because your life is going to look different now that my son's entered into your life. And the same thing is true for us. That if God really is with us, then we're called to reorder our hopes, our dreams, and our lives around him and give ourselves to worshiping him and trusting him and following him. But, But then the second thing is God with us gives us an unending comfort. If God is with us, it means no matter what happens in our lives, he can provide us with comfort and support and help. Like if God is really with us, it means every single thing we walk through, he's step by step with us, working in the midst of it, and able to help us through it. Tim Keller says this about Christianity. He says, Christianity says God has been all the places you have been. He's been in the darkness you are in now and more. And therefore, you can trust him. You can rely on him because he knows and has the power to comfort, strengthen, and bring you through. Christmas, or God with us, gives us an unmistakable challenge. It gives us unending comfort. And third, it gives us an unshakable courage. An unshakable courage. One of the most repeated commands in the Bible, if you read it, is do not fear. Don't be afraid. Fear not. And then one of the most repeated promises after it is, God is with you. I am with you. God is in your midst. I will help you. Do not fear. I am with you. There are all sorts of things that we might fear in this life. All sorts of things. We we fear loss. We fear trouble. We fear financial ruin. We fear embarrassment. We fear other people's opinion of us. We fear the future. And the list could just go on and on and on. But the incredible news of Christmas is, if God is really with us, then we do not need to live in fear. We do not need to live in fear. This past summer, my family went to uh, the Outer Banks for a vacation for a week. And one of my favorite parts uh, about that week was in the mornings, there were several times where I would get up with my son and we would go for a walk together. And, and, and several times we walked along the beach. 
Uh, he's four years old. He was kind of the, the first one up. And so I would get up with him, make sure no one else got woken up, and we'd go out for a walk. And, and I remember one morning we got out to the beach and we start walking parallel uh, to the ocean. And we can see just kind of from as far as the eye can see, like miles and miles down this beach. And we start to walk it. And he looks out at all this and then he stops for a moment and he looks up at me and he says this, Daddy, we can go far today because you're with me. And in that moment, I thought that should be my exact approach to life my exact approach to life, that I don't know what lays out in the future, that I don't know what's out there for me, what's in the unknown, but I should be able to say, God, I can go far if you're with me. God, I I can face whatever's coming this year, not afraid, even though I don't know what it is, because you're with me. God, we can take risks with our lives because you're with us. We can find comfort in anything that comes our way because you are with us. See, the the best news of Christmas really does end up being God is with us through everything we face in Christ. And, And what's so good, I think, too, is all the other best parts of Christmas fade. But because of Jesus, God is always with us. Like that Christmas tree you have in your house, it eventually has to be taken out to the trash. Or if you've got a fake Christmas tree and you don't really celebrate Christmas, down in the basement, whatever it is right? The, the cookies that we eat, they get stale. They have to be thrown out. The, the lights have to get taken down. The presence, like the shine of the presence wears off so quickly. Everything else about, the, the music, it gets annoying. Everything else fades until we trot it out next year again in December. But the message that God is with us means he never fades. He never abandons us. He never leaves us. He is with us today and every single day. And that's why we worship and celebrate him both at Christmas, but every day of our lives. Jesus, we praise you because you are Emmanuel, God with us. You have not left us. You have not abandoned us. You have not cast us away, but rather you have come to rescue us to remove our sins as far as the east is from the west and to promise that then you are with us every step of this life until one day we get to be with you face to face. Thank you for coming at Christmas. Thank you for saving us. And thank you for being God with us. We pray this in your name. Amen.